What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Saw here, your host, doing the most. Thanks for coming out. It is episode 58 for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. And for those of you listening or those who are already or haven't been doing it, you can support this show at patreon.com slash Tong. It starts at $2 a month. There's higher tiers. We'll talk about that more in the middle of the show. But the biggest benefit, you can get a completely ad-free version of the show. No sponsors. It's what you support. And thank you so much for all of you who have supported up to this point. Also, the show is all about you. Call in 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295 to be a part of the show. Or you can email me at applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z, applebitsshow at gmail.com. Leave your voice message or even write in your comments. I got you right there. So really the big news here, Apple officially sent out, made the announcement for the invites for the rumored March 25th event. That has been officially confirmed. We've heard all the rumblings probably over the past month that it'll be about new services that Apple is doing. Now, Bloomberg, Mark Gurman, Lucas Shaw, Julie Verhage, they put together kind of a story that kind of encapsulates everything that we've heard, but some new details about this. And right now, right, we know that Apple's planning to reveal their main streaming TV show slash movie service. We don't know specifically what shows will be available on launch or how they'll really package all of this together. But in the report, it says that Apple is making a push for HBO, Showtime, and Stars to be a part of this service. There's going to be A-list celebrities, media executives at this March 25th event, and it's really going to showcase uh, how is Apple going to really try to take on a Netflix and take on an Amazon, and the only way you can really take them on, let's really more like Netflix and Hulu, is with, again, killer content. Content will always be king. In addition to this, Bloomberg reports that Apple will also preview new Apple Pay features as well as laying the groundwork for an iPhone credit card partnership with the Goldman Sachs Group. Now, part of this I mentioned as the headline of really them trying to push for deals is that before this keynote happens and what, March 25th, we're just about eight, nine days away from it right now. They're trying to secure a bunch of deals with programmers like HBO, Showtime, and Stars, because they want to kind of create this comprehensive thing that is a cobbled bit. They they can't launch with no content whatsoever, right? They can't do that. So they're trying to, at the very end of the deadline, lock down these deals, whether it's, they might even launch with just two or three shows. I think about a service that, you know, I'm a part of, disclaimer, DC Universe, and really it had a lot, a library of older shows, Apple doesn't have really a library of shows other than Planet of the Apps and Carpool Karaoke, okay? But DC launched with Titans first as kind of their flagship show. They later came out with Young Justice animated series and then Doom Patrol. I'm being completely non-biased. All of those shows are freaking amazing. But Apple, we don't even know if they're going to launch with kind of a flagship show yet. So it makes sense that they'll be scrambling to get some of these deals with HBI, Showtime, and Stars, especially to be a part of the service. Look, what's coming in April? Winter is coming. So I don't know how the dollars 
will make sense, what type of deal that they will cut, how it will be integrated. That's for us to find out. That's why it's going to be curious to see how it's presented as a competitor to Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu. But I am intrigued by it. I still don't think, I still hold true to the fact that I'll give it a try, like many of us will, but I don't know if I'll stick with it. Maybe they'll release enough content where, yeah, I'll jump on board later. But also the future is really competitive. You have Disney+. Plus. That is going to do their own thing. We talked about it last week. They're going to allow their entire Disney catalog to be unlocked on day one of the Disney service. Warner Brothers themselves, they're going to be releasing their own service. You have a lot of, and Apple is going to be in that mix. Uh, you have, how by the time you start piecing everything together, cutting the cord is no, there's, cutting the cord isn't beneficial if you're paying for four or five different premium services and not having cable anymore. You're actually going to end up realistically paying more overall if you're the type of person that has to see everything and has to be a part of everything. Most of us aren't, but I'm just saying in the grand scheme of things now, because of how the industry has changed, because of how viewing content has changed, it's going to what cost, let's say five services. Let's say Amazon Prime is bundled. Okay, fine. Most people have Amazon Prime. A good amount of people do. Hulu's what, 10? Apple will be around 10. HBO, I think, is around 12. Disney Plus, 10. Warner Brothers, 10. And there's other services that people subscribe to or pay for. Stars, Showtime. Those are all individual services. So I'm just curious how they're going to integrate it with them. Because it's not going to be cheap. The report says, at launch, most of the shows and movies in Apple's new video service will be from outside suppliers which is why it's important that they sign up partners. Most of Apple's own movies and TV shows, they say, are still in development, according to people that know about the plans. Yeah, Carpool Karaoke. That's basically their flagship show. That's not, that is not good enough. The other piece of the puzzle of this keynote, the magazine service, this is uh, from their acquisition of Texture. To They're saying here in Bloomberg that the magazine's aspect will become a key part of the Apple News app, so it looks like there'll be kind of more some type of a blend. My my assumption would be that there might be magazines, news, which would be if they are able to cut deals with the New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal. I thought there'd be a news service, a magazine service, and their new streaming service, but this report says that it looks to be a little more bundled together, at least from a standpoint of the news and the magazines. Apple plans to sell its video and magazine services separately, but could offer them at a discount to users who subscribe to multiple services. Again, a lot is still up in the air. We just don't know. Obviously, you'll be able to access the service on Apple hardware, iPads, iPhones, Apple TVs. I am interested to see. I I do think this keynote might be a little bit of a snooze for most people, but I'm still interested. I'm interested. The credit card here, this is another thing that is a little nugget that came from this story. iOS 12.2 software update set the stage for an iPhone-connected credit card partnership with Goldman Sachs based on how they're kind of tweaking the look of Apple Pay, specifically in the Apple Wallet. Now, the project internally is being codenamed Project Cookie within the investment bank within Goldman Sachs. But Apple is going to be inviting journalists to the event specifically who cover the payment industry to showcase this. I don't know about you, but I already have enough credit cards 
with rewards attached to them. And let's be honest, it's not like you're going to get something like four or 5%, you know, give back off of Apple products. It'll be like one or 2%, you know, discount on future purchases, something small like that. It won't, I look, maybe I'll surprise myself. It's not going to be anything like 5%, but the underpinnings in iOS 12.2 are there to set up the fact that we could potentially see an Apple type credit card partnering with Goldman Sachs. What do you think about that? What do you think about any of those three things? The streaming service, the news service, an Apple credit card? Do you all want any of those things, all three of those things? I wanna hear what you have to say. I'm really curious how people are feeling about the fact that this is gonna be an all-service show. Look, I've already set the expectation in my mind that we will not see hardware, so I'm not gonna let that bother me once the keynote happens. But let me know, 833-888-ABXL. How do you feel about this next keynote coming up? Are you anticipating any of these things? Are you not at all? To kind of support Apple's new movement towards content, another Bloomberg report says Apple is hiring Oscar chasers to help it catch Netflix. So what does this really mean? So during the award season, Apple is hoping to hire industry insiders that are familiar with this process to really have a showcase of Apple's content when it's time for that, right? So this would be a way for people to see screenings of Apple content. So people that have, that are voters in the process for the Oscars and Emmys. Apple's kind of trying to create their own team of strategists to help craft campaigns for the entertainment industry awards. Because the biggest thing is, let's say Apple rolls out with one or two shows. Let's say both of those shows get critical acclaim and let's say they win an Oscar. Well, that's going to drive people towards their service. So yeah, the content should speak for itself, but if Apple knows anything, it's about marketing and marketing makes a difference as well. So they're working on a team to help push that once whatever content we see is coming out. I know the reports are pretty much shot down any idea of seeing iPads AirPods 2, AirPower charging pad at the event, but I'm still cautiously optimistic that we, or optimistic that we'll see maybe a press release afterwards. According to a report from Digitimes, Apple suppliers are now gearing up for mass production of updated iPad and AirPods. These are both two rumored products that we've heard we might see at the event. Now, from an iPod I sorry, ugh, iPod AirPods, tongue twist, tongue twister. A tongue twister is when I can't speak words. So from an AirPods perspective, all that we've really seen, at least hidden inside of iOS 12.2, is that there will be some sort of a ser- touch, you know, Siri component where you can just say the magic keyword phrase and it'll prompt it. Other reports have said there might be a more textured surface surface on the AirPods and a wireless charging case but none of the other features of water protection, better water protection, better noise canceling, potential more touch gestures on the AirPods. None of that has been really rumored to be coming for this, what I've been calling the AirPods 1.5. When we talk about iPads, iPad mini five and kind of an entry level iPad for the roughly 9.7 to around 10.2 inch design, that's still being tossed around with slimmer bezels. 
they won't see Face ID. The iPad mini itself looks like it'll be using pretty much the same hardware design as the current iPad mini, which is roughly, I think about two, if I remember two years old now. So these are things that Apple, yes, they're going to push out and they're going to maybe increase buzz a little bit. But, you know, for all of us who are like the hardcores, it's not that exciting, you know, unless you want a slightly more sped up AirPad iPad mini for your family. I don't know. I, I'm not juiced up about that hardware yet. We'll see what happens. The other thing that Apple announced, very early, Apple officially announced it'll be kicking off WWDC on Monday, June the 3rd in San Jose. While they also do this, they open up registration for developers. If you're not uh, you know, aware of the process here, Apple does a lottery system because the conference has become so popular. So if you want to try to attend and you don't have a media invite, you need to enter in the lottery as an actual developer and then hopefully get picked as well. The price for these tickets for the WWDC 2019 is $1,599. And only someone who wins the lottery will be able to actually purchase the ticket. But that also gives us an indication the keynote will be obviously held on June 3rd as well. And I think a lot is riding on Apple this year in general. But for me, I'm really curious about what will we see out of iOS 13. Now, it doesn't feel like we're going to get much of a complete overhaul, even though that was the expectation for iOS 12. But then they remember, Federighi and company said, we're going to put it on hold. We need to make iOS 12 more reliable, better performing. And for the most part, for the most part, they've done that. iOS 13, there were rumors that we'd see kind of a, a brand new, not completely brand new interface, but at least a brand new way to navigate it new integration or features coming to the photo application, um, just kind of new bells and whistles. The biggest thing about iOS 13 for me is it's now, they typically have been giving us cool new features on the iPad line, or at least the iPad Pro line, every two years. Last year, we literally got nothing significant. So will iOS 13 bring up, bump up the iPad Pro another notch, another level? <laughs> I didn't mean to say notch on purpose. Also, will we get new apps? I'm, you know, to me, it's more about app support for the iPad Pro more than anything else because Adobe Photoshop was teased. Um, what was, was Adobe Photoshop actually teased back in June or was it September? My brain is thinking, no, it was in their iPad event. So it was in the fall. So we're about six months since then and we still haven't seen Adobe Photoshop officially released on an iPad yet. Will it make it before WWDC, or will it pretty much be a year after it was announced? Because that's the biggest major app that tells us, hey, they're serious about professional apps, but guess who needs to be more serious about it? And I've said this over and over, Apple, where's Final Cut Pro? Where's Logic? Where's any of your pro-level apps on your iPad Pro? This year, WWDC will be very interesting to see how that plays out. Watch OS, I, honestly, I have complete faith with the Apple Watch team. I think they're doing great stuff now, four years in. They know what they're doing. Um, maybe the hardware doesn't get as big of a bump this year. I'm still waiting for my FaceTime camera on a watch. I'm sorry, that's just my my personal selfish wish. TVOS 13 will be interesting to see if we see any nuggets or any hints to it at the March 25th keynote. Will it get a new skin? Will it get a new look? Or are we just talking about a new... Apple TV service app. 
when I say TV service, I mean subscription service? Or is it just going to be integrated into their current TV app, although it's not TV, it's movies and TV? You understand this whole conundrum if if you use it, right? Also, Mac OS 15, I think Mojave had some really killer features. People don't talk about Mojave enough. Macos Mojave, it it does great stuff, but quite honestly, I pretty much use it the same way, and that's okay. Will we see any hints of ROS? Do you remember we've dropped this a few times in the show? ROS is their augmented reality operating system. At least internally, it's being called ROS right now for, you know, probably reality OS. Will we see any nods or hints of that even built into iOS 13? Again, it's a big year for me to think about what Apple can do to show us that they're really being innovative because of public perception and quite honestly, tech perception is that they aren't innovating as fast. Are they innovating? Yes. For people that get mad at me when I say that, yes. But do they feel like they are behind on the innovation curve? Yes. WWDC will be interesting. And then obviously September, which is their big phone slash gadget announcement and maybe another one after that. We'll see. That's that's always important as well. So me personally, iOS for the iPad, that's what I'm really curious to see. The other biggest thing that I'm still waiting for, what's going to happen to Siri? Siri is the biggest thing holding Apple back right now from a software standpoint, in my humble opinion. I am H-O. Apple recently confirmed to the information that last year they acquired a company called Laserlike, which is a machine learning startup located in the Silicon Valley. Apple, all, you know, once they confirm this, they say, hey, yeah, you know, from time to time, we generally don't discuss the purpose of our plans, but we do buy smaller tech companies. Laserlike's website says its core mission is to deliver high quality information and diverse perspectives from any topic from the entire web to you. So are there hooks, are there technology pieces that are part of this that could help Apple? Absolutely. It's kind of described as an interest search engine, maybe talking about things that are trending, things that are bubbling up to the top. How can that help? Hey, if you can give more information more accurately and faster, that's always going to be good. But I'm really I'm really curious, will we see any of the influence of John Gianandrea, the head of kind of their artificial intelligence division now? They hired him now. It's it'll at least by WWDC, I believe it'll be about a year. Will we see any of his impact yet? Because I always said it's going to take at least 2 years to really blow up break down and rebuild whatever this new AI assistant Apple needs to be working on. Cause Siri just don't cut it. Not for me, at least for some of you. All right, let's take a break to thank our sponsors on the show. And that would be you. Thank you so much. Patreon supporters. You can support this show at patreon.com slash Brian Tong starting at $2 a month or you can jump up to $5, 10 25 The platinum level is 100 I have a variety of different awards along the way. Look, I still need your support to keep this going and the biggest advantage you get is a completely ad-free version of the Apple Bits XL audio podcast. I also give you early access to a lot of my content when I can, but for the most part, you'll get it before it goes out publicly. And then at different levels, you know, we have things, giveaways, fun things. I got like a decal signed glossy photo 
you, you become part of this monthly giveaway I do uh, for prizes and stuff. Just a lot of cool action there. But thank you so much to everyone who's supporting. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is the way you can do that. And also, if you support the show by telling your friends, reviewing it on iTunes, we're at over 725 five-star reviews. Y'all are crazy. So keep it going because that helps kind of elevate the status of the show as well. Thank you so much for your support. And uh, I say, hey, let's keep on rolling. And if you are a part of the ad-free show, you actually don't hear any of that because you're already supporting the show. It's nice, huh? All right. A lot of court stuff going on. We've kind of been going back and forth, and I don't really get into it at every minute detail about Apple and Qualcomm. They've been going back and forth uh, with two different lawsuits where Qualcomm was suing Apple for patent infringement, Apple suing Qualcomm for refusing to pay patent royalty rebates that based on an agreement they had. So this is what the courts have decided. So in one court ruling where Apple said, hey, Qualcomm didn't pay us, the new court ruling says that now Qualcomm owes Apple almost $1 billion in rebate payments. So that's one of the situations. The other situation where Qualcomm said, hey, they infringed on three of our Qualcomm patents, that verdict says Apple violated Qualcomm's patents in its phones and is ruling that Apple pays Qualcomm upwards of $31 million. You think they're going to settle this beef anytime soon and all of a sudden we're going to see Qualcomm's better performing LTE modems in Apple products? The answer is no. <laughs> May, hey, maybe they could surprise me. Maybe they could do a little kumbaya. But that's what's going on back and forth between two, those two guys. Also, uh, probably the more fascinating back and forth is Spotify and Apple. So I don't know if you've been paying attention to this. Obviously, they both have competing music services now, but they also have a weird relationship because Spotify uh, is on the Apple App Store. But we talked about earlier how there was a lawsuit against Apple not related to Spotify about if their App Store was unfair with their pricing, right? They take about a 30% cut from app developers. So in this kind of behind-the-scenes tug-of-war, Daniel Elk the CEO of Spotify announced that they had filed with the European Commission a complaint against the iPhone giant over their app store rules that they believe purposely limit choice and stifle innovation at the expense of the user experience. They, they're saying that Apple is essentially acting as both a player and a referee to deliberately disadvantage other app developers. And... For a moment, yes, that makes sense to a certain degree from their perspective. Remember, Apple is like the App Store king that created this huge industry and this platform for people to use. But are there is their fee that they charge a little pricey for people or fair? Maybe it's not fair. The biggest point that Spotify is, look, Spotify is a subscription service. And because they're a subscription service, Apple takes a cut. They are saying that, hey, this isn't fair because there's other services like Uber and Lyft who aren't subject to Apple's tax. Therefore, they don't have the same restrictions. Spotify isn't the only uh, app developer that has felt this way, but Spotify is a large media platform that adds a little gravitas to this complaint and also makes it more public. I mean, they basically created a site to kind of air their complaints and 
Spotify might be coming off from the perspective of, hey, uh, we represent the app developers, but again, it's a little murky because they also represent a competitor to Apple when you're talking about Apple Music versus Spotify. Spotify continues to kind of hammer the 30%, 70% revenue split, um, but they don't recognize or mention in their uh, complaint that after year one, Apple ends up only taking a 15% cut uh, in subsequent years if you are a subscription service. So that's that's a little different. But they want to bring it to light and they're not happy with it. Fine. Okay, well, guess what? Apple had a rebuttal to Spotify two days after they announced that Spotify had filed their suit against Apple with the European Commission over anti-competitive practices. Apple kind of put out their own public response They wanted to address some of Spotify's claims. In this TechCrunch story that kind of wraps things up, Apple doesn't even mention the European Commission or the suit even once in its word statement, but this is what it does cover. Spotify, in their statement, accused Apple of kind of dragging their feet on updates to its apps, so it would deliberately impact their their ability to distribute their service effectively. I'm just saying Apple has so many apps that are thrown their way if they want special favoritism, they've got to cut a deal with them, but I don't know if that's really the biggest issue. The thing that Apple wanted to come back at them as well is saying, look, when it talks about App Store pricing, Apple said, hey, Spotify, 84% of apps on the App Store are actually free to use. Many of them will be ad-supported. So in those cases, they don't really have to pay anything to Apple. Apple also made sure to point out what I mentioned earlier that Apple takes a 30% cut on subscriptions in year one, but after that, it brings it down to 15%. Spotify never mentions that because they both want to look good from their perspective. Duh. Then Apple, with their little barb, not little barb, but look, they're saying, hey, uh, most of your customers are using the free version of the product and not paying for any subscription at all. They also said, hey, Spotify, you've been shifting more of your billing off-site so that you don't you aren't paying our Apple App Store tax. So what do you complain about? You are the largest music subscription platform on planet Earth. And then Apple even calls them out for like, hey, um, you can either contribute to the platform, but you guys are barely even giving any revenue to the artists. You're giving them pennies on streams and we're not trying to do this. The reason why Apple threw that in their face is remember last week I talked about how a group of Spotify, Google, Pandora, and Amazon, they all decided to come together to appeal a a recent U.S. copyright royalty board ruling that would see songwriter royalty payouts increase by 44%. Basically, the streaming services, that group of streaming services would be required to pay songwriters and publishers a 15.1% of revenue up from previously 10.5%. All of those groups were appealing it. Apple was the only one that wasn't. So Apple is also trying to say in this, hey, uh, Spotify, you're not even looking out for the artists anyways because you don't want to pay them what they deserve. And now you're complaining about our platform uh, taking money away from you. Like, why? So what does this come down to? It's a pissing match between two competing (laughs) streaming services. And I think Spotify makes a great point, at least even though they're like this big giant behemoth, they make a good point on behalf of app developers that are facing struggles that aren't as big as Spotify, but I think that Spotify is looking out for themselves, quite honestly. But bringing up some good points, Apple is like, hey, 
pay to play. No one has found us to, um, you know, be violating any laws or rules yet. And until that happens, we're going to go about our business as usual. You got your music platform. We got ours. Stop complaining. That's how I see this whole thing. Maybe you guys have some different thoughts or insights on it. But again, let me know. I th- The whole, as Apple gets into the service business, we see this more. There's more beef. There's more tension. Not only be, Not only from the music industry from way, way back, but now Apple's doing this in the TV streaming and movie service, right? They're gonna throw money that they can. I'm sure there's gonna be something that comes up with Netflix and Apple. Even Netflix recently took their billing off of the App Store because guess what? They have to pay a 30% tax on any subscription. They're like, screw that. People, Netflix is big enough. People know about us. They'll just go to our site and subscribe. We don't need the App Store anymore. Maybe Spotify doesn't need the App Store, but they're still trying to put it to stick it to Apple a little bit. I'm just curious how it all plays out. It's like not even device related. It's platform service related. And that's kind of the evolution of where Apple is going. Apple Music now available on your Amazon Fire TV. According to CNBC, Apple Music is now available starting today. Remember they launched on uh, Google Home devices we had reported earlier they were going to roll this out to Amazon Fire or Amazon devices. At least right now, it's on the Fire TV and Amazon Echo speakers. It might be expanded to third-party Alexa devices in the future, but at the moment, only on native Amazon Alexa products. But very cool if you're an Apple Music subscriber and you didn't get a HomePod and there's no reason you think you should get one, you can use it on your Amazon products and, again, Google Home products. Also, one more kind of platform as Apple continues to expand, LG announced that its first 2019 OLED TVs with their artificial intelligence ThinkQ will be debuting in April. Now, the difference in these models, and it's specific to the 2019 models, that lineup will support AirPlay 2 and HomeKit later this year. It won't be available on launch, but we're talking about the 65-inch E9 and C9 models. They're coming in around May or June. Others will be announced later this year, right? They got that crazy wallpaper poster thin television set. They're kind of like, oh, it's so gorgeous. Not the rollable. uh, We don't even know when the rollable TV's coming out yet. They didn't include that on this list. But remember, Apple cut deals with Samsung, Sony, Vizio, LG. They'll include AirPlay 2 support. HomeKit will also be directly integrated from what this report says into the controls of their television set. So you can use Siri voice commands uh, to control things directly through the LG TV. Again, yeah, we'll see how how, how well Siri... Again, that's why I said earlier, Siri is so important to see what they do at WWDC. Now that you're going to see Siri on all these other platforms, if it's not that much better, it's more of a black eye. I'd rather just talk to my Amazon echoes directly to do everything that I still do and or my Google homes. All right, y'all can be a part of the show. I continue to kind of like, hey, call in the show. Like it adds so much to everything. You can call us at 1-833-888-ABXL, 833-888-2295. Also email me directly at the applebitsshow at gmail.com with a voice message or an email if you'd like to be a part of that. That's applebits with a Z. So let's get to our first call. We just got a couple. We got a few that just didn't come through. But Joel wants to talk about uh, a little bit about Apple. 
Hey, Brian, it's uh, Joel from Michigan. You know, I got a real bad apple for you. Um, I know that the iPad Pro is trying to sell more of the AirPods, or AirPods, sorry. The iPad Pro is trying to sell more of the AirPods. Uh, but come on, you know it's got the space for a headphone jack. Um, I'm a professional DJ in Michigan, and to have to use a dongle or a splitter, that's a bad apple. You're absolutely right, Joel. That is a bad apple. There's plenty of space for a headphone jack on it, but it's conveniently been left out. All right, we also have Justin who wants to chime in. This is what I love about Justin. He's actually helping us out. Hey, BT. Justin calling from Minneapolis. How you doing, man? I, I had to binge listen to a few of the podcasts. I've been traveling a bunch, and uh, you asked a few weeks back, about uh, you know how many people are really spending on average? I think it was about a hundred dollars in the iTunes store. And I want to let, you, let give your uh, other listeners a little bit of a tip on uh, where to get some uh, uh, cheaper iTunes cards, but also to kind of answer your question on that. So uh, on the cheaper iTunes cards, first uh, Costco has good deals on you know where you can get a hundred dollars of cards for eighty-five dollars when they go on sale there. So it's not much, but you know fifteen dollars savings. Um, so I'll buy those, you know, a couple times a year. But one of the ways that they probably cranked up that average a little bit, though, to answer your question is uh, now with all of the, the, you know, the iPhone plans that you can get with the, uh, you know, Verizon and AT&T and the others, uh, you know, you can pay your Apple support with iTunes. So it comes right out of your iTunes account. And, you know, that's one of the things that I buy the cards for these days, too, outside of music and movies that I might buy or rent is uh, because they pull that money out. So, again, that could be one of the reasons why the averages went up a little bit, but thought that might help everyone. So thanks. Love the show, man. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Dang, Justin, you're just saving money for everyone that is listening. I love that. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, so like you said, Costco cards uh, they they do deals on them, hundred dollars on iTunes, but it only costs you eighty five. That's fifteen bucks. That is def. That's hey, that's gonna pay for your new Apple streaming service that you subscribe to, or whatever two services you end up locking into a uh, long term. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> All right, I've got to say thank you to everyone so much for your support at patreon.com slash Brian Tong, starting at two dollars a month. And thank you to the Platinum Apple supporters at the $100 level. Brandon Ledford, Terrence McKelvey from Stratos Wealth Partners, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Freider, Jarrett Lewis, Calvin Fatikar, and Zachary Rivera. Thank you so much. And for all of you who can't support that way, five-star the show. Let a friend know. Talk about it. Keep on listening. And uh, for all the people that have been binging the show recently that I've been hearing about, wow. Thank you. I hope I can make your drives that much more comfortable. All right, that's going to do it for this week. We'll talk to you soon. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace.